All right. Good morning, y'all. Um, as Josh mentioned yesterday, and you've probably seen in the campus announcements, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, for the first half of my life, uh, I didn't have to experience this. I did not know anybody who had experienced it. Uh, it was something that I would see when my mom was watching trashy Lifetime movies. Um, but as I got older, I began working at an inner city church. Um, and I saw the effects that domestic violence had on the children in the homes that they lived in. Um, they would come broken. They would come with trauma. They were violent themselves, um, mimicking the things that they had seen in their households. Domestic violence, it can be physical. It can be sexual. It can be emotional. Um, it can be financial. And here, it, I mean, it's a problem worldwide, but here in Texas, um, it's a problem. Here in Lubbock, it's a problem. Um, I was reading statistics the other day, and in 2021, 204 Texans died because of domestic violence. Um, so today, uh, I have brought in some friends from Women's Protective Services. Um, they're the experts in this area, and they're going to share with you a little bit about what they do, um, what they offer, and some things that we need to be aware of. Um, my prayer is that none of you will experience um, domestic violence of any sort. Um, but the reality is many of you will or will know somebody who walks these paths. Um, and so we want to make sure that you are aware of resources that we have in our community um, that you can utilize or you can refer people to. So I'm going to introduce you to Stephen Garcia from Women's Protective Services, um, and he is going to share a few words with you all. So please welcome him to the stage. Is it good morning and good afternoon? I think it's morning, right? Something like that. Good, good morning, afternoon. Anyway, my name is Stephen Garcia. I'm the coordinator of community education at Women's Protective Services. Um, I know this is a downer subject. I know it's a serious, heavy topic for, you know, for an early thing. But don't worry, I'm going to redeem myself by the end. Um, domestic violence, what does that mean to you? Intimate partner violence, dating violence, all that kind of stuff. It's essentially, it comes down to, we think of relationships, right? You think of marriages, you think of dating. It's all these horrible things you can see. I like the reference to the Lifetime movies. That's actually very true. Um, but it also applies to families. And little, believe it or not, roommates actually fall under the umbrella of domestic violence because you're living under the same roof and stuff. So what is it about? It's all, and I'm not going to go through all that stuff, but... By the time it reaches physical or sexual, we know through evidence-based research, I know you guys know that, that there's already been verbal, there's already been emotional, and maybe financial abuse that's already occurred. It's like you never get punched on the first date, right? That would be too easy to know. I need to leave this person alone, right? It never happens like that. So how does it happen? Well, it's almost like a systematic breakdown of a person's self-esteem. And there's so many ways that one can achieve that. It can be, it can start off real casual, passive aggressive, little verbal put downs, and then it can escalate a little bit to like, well, I don't like what you're wearing. You're showing too much. Or I don't want you being friends with so-and-so. Or let me see your phone. That's a very hot topic among teenagers and, and kids and stuff is uh, I should have access to your phone. Uh, if 
you should trust me. You know, if, you, if you're not doing anything, there's nothing to hide, right? You shouldn't be worried about it. And so it's always testing those boundaries, always testing, pushing uh, yourself, your boundaries, your self-esteem, all that kind of stuff. Then it, it leads up to what? Name-calling, put-downs. Uh, next thing you know, it's not, let, not allowing you to leave, not allowing you to hang out with family and friends. Uh, I've had this happen before, uh, not at this school, but at another university in town. Um, let you guess which one. Where uh, the abuser, uh, the boyfriend, was so possessive and jealous, he would go to every class that she attended and would sit outside of class and wait for her to make sure she didn't talk to anybody, to make sure that he was always in control of the situation. And really, that's what it's all about. It's about power and control. And that's what domestic violence is. Everything you can think of, everything you've seen on TV, movies, all that kind of stuff where it's domestic violence stuff, think about it. How do you control somebody? You break them down over a period of time, right? There's so many ways to do that. We could spend all day talking about that. But that's essentially what it gets. And here's a cliche that's actually true. You always hear, well, it always gets worse. Well, that's actually very true. Why is that? Why does it get worse? Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, in the abuser's mind, and I'm going to use he. I, I'm going to defend us guys here in a little bit. Don't worry. But he, whether it's real or perceived, thinks that he's losing control. The, the behaviors that I'm perpetrating now, what I'm doing to control her in my head, whether it's real or, or not, it's not working anymore. Therefore, I need to up it. I need to get more intense. That's where it starts becoming very physical, even sexual in nature. That's where it really becomes. And by then, she's already broken down internally. Her self-esteem, her resources. And when I talk about resources, I'm talking about family, friends, colleagues, whoever. She's already been isolated from that. She doesn't feel that she's worth anything. She doesn't know where to turn, doesn't see any escape. And so that's why it gets to that point when everyone says, well, why didn't she just leave? God, he's terrible. You know, it's so easy. Just walk away. Well, there's a lot to that. There's a lot more to that. And so at WPS, what we do, I know most of you are you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? We're, we're basically a modified version of that. We're going to provide the basic human needs that everyone has a right to. Food, clothing, shelter, right? But then we've got so many different departments that kick in to help these families. Like um, maybe she's got injuries and she wasn't allowed to go seek medical attention because um, he's going to be outed. Well, okay, let's get her to a clinic. Let's get her to an ER. Let's, you know, GI problems, all that kind of stuff. Migraines, the headaches from all the blows to the head, all that kind of stuff. We're going to do that. Um, maybe he's threatened to take away the kids. That's a very popular tool among abusers uh, to moms. Uh, the kids are tools, right? And so what's a way to keep her there, to not, to not make her leave or make her come back? I'm going to threaten the kids. Either I'm going to threaten to harm them or I'm going to threaten to take them away from you. And so the legal team kicks in, helps with custody orders, protective orders, maybe filing charges. Uh, we've got crisis counselors on. And I was just telling... Telling her just a little while ago, 
we've had a number, I think the majority of our counselors at WPS over the years have come from right here. So we know y'all are doing good with that part. But the crisis counseling sets in. It's not just for mom, it's for kids. Uh, Can you imagine? Moving is not cool, right? Or sometimes it is cool, but it's a lot of work. Imagine you are moving into an apartment with your kids and there's another family there. They're strangers, essentially. And they've gone through a lot of the same stuff. So you're basically having your traumatized family move in with another traumatized family. Can you imagine the, the amount, just that alone, not even counting the violence, just that alone is, is stressful, right? So what we try to do is alleviate as much of those stressors and pressures and, and fear the unknown, all that kind of stuff. And we need to get them, and I'm using air quotes, stabilized to some degree. Once we can take care of all those fires, all those crises, then we can do the real work, what we were here, what we were meant to do, the education, the healing, the counseling, building her self-esteem up, putting that family back together stronger than before, getting her back into school. She wasn't allowed to go to school, getting her employment, getting her healed and her children, both going on the same direction, which is towards positivity, violence-free, healthy living, better choices, right? So that's essentially what we do at Women's Protective Services. But hold on. Don't let the name fool you. We also help men. And here lately, we've been seeing a trend. There's been more male victims. And really, it's almost exactly the same thing. It starts off minute, and it grows. But the thing is, us guys, we got egos, right? Uh, It's embarrassing to come out and acknowledge that our our partner, our girl, is, is whooping us, right? It's not, it's not cool. It's not, uh, it's not really going to happen too much. And we essentially feel that we can take it. We can take it. We're men. You know, they're not, they're not going to hurt us too bad. We, I can take it. And it's really not fair. And so we need to do a better job of helping those men come out as well and seek assistance. Uh, because they essentially go through the same thing. Uh, the difference is... They're not being killed as much as our female victims, and they're not reporting it as much because, again, those factors and also because uh, they think they can handle it on their own. You know, that's what we're taught, right? Be strong. Be independent. You can do this. You can take this. So anyway, I, I applaud you guys for being here. I really thank you for letting us have the time to, to talk about this subject Uh, We brought pamphlets, brochures, if anyone wants to, you know, additional information, we'll talk to you, that kind of thing. We really, uh, let me give you a stat, all right, a couple of stats. Your age group right now, 18 to 24, is most likely to suffer from abuse. Consider that. Also consider that in a violent relationship, a female the average, the national average, is seven times that she'll leave and go back. That's a lot. That's a lot of times, right? That's that soap opera stuff. Junior high stuff. So what, what can you do if you know of someone suffering through this? And a lot of people mean well, and they go about it doing the wrong way. So 
Here's where I get a little preachy for you, okay? If you know someone going through this, first thing you don't do is you don't judge them. You don't fault them and say, man, you must be stupid for staying. Or what's wrong with you? You must like it. Why can't you just leave all that? Okay, we, that's because we don't understand, right? You don't know what she's going through. You don't know what's happening in her life. You do not walk in her shoes. So how do you fight that? How do you combat that? You listen. And you're prepared to be burned. And what I mean by that is, think of that stat seven times, right? Back and forth, back and forth, seven times. You don't know her number. Everyone is different. Everyone has different backgrounds, upbringings, trauma, all that kind of stuff, different levels of violence they've experienced or witnessed. You don't know who's gone through what or how it affected them. So the first thing you do is you don't judge. You offer support and always listen. Even if that person comes to you over and over, always offer support, listen, and listening. Because you don't know. You may be the only person that she's reaching out to or he's reaching out to, especially he. He's not going to be telling everybody. (laughs) So you really need to listen, be supportive, um, guide them, let them know that they're not alone in this. Guide them to us. But if not us, please, somebody to help them get out of that situation before it escalates to one of those 200 deaths that were talked about. That's what we don't want. We don't want that. So always listen. Do not judge. Always empathize. Always offer support. If you want to go above and beyond, that's great. You want to offer them a place to stay, great. You're going to lend them some money, great. Have them borrow a car, that's all that. But don't get mad if they go back. Because statistically, that's going to happen. Do not judge her. That's where you create your own boundaries as to how far you're willing. But always, always listen and always offer support and always offer a way out or referral or something like that. Something positive. I I know I could talk forever about this. That's my gig, right? But just real quickly, always, always do not judge. Do not put her down. Oh, and also, essentially... Do not put the abuser down as well. It's always easy to say, well, you know, he's a jerk. He's this. You know, he's a low life. You don't deserve him, blah, blah, blah. If she's not ready, what is she going to do? She's going to defend, justify, make excuses. And that's okay. So try to avoid, I know it's hard to, try to avoid uh, putting that other person down, that partner. And just really be positive. Offer support. Let her know she's not alone. This is what we do. There is help available. Uh, If she wants to call and remain anonymous, she can do that. And we can answer those questions, and we can give her that information. And it's not anything, again, it's not anything we make up or whatever. It's evidence-based research that's gone on for, like, since the 80s, the early 80s. So really and truly, thank you again for your attention to this. I know it's a heavy subject. Uh, I applaud you guys for what y'all do. Thank you very much. Hang on, y'all. We got a quick announcement before you run out. Sorry. Just a reminder that we have boxes in all academic buildings, the sub and KR. We're collecting those toiletries that we will be giving to Women's Protective Services. Um, The deadline is this Thursday. I would love to see all of those boxes full. Uh, I'll be outside after chapel on Thursday so we can assemble those bags for them. You're dismissed.